0: when i mentioned that there is no bar of quality in web3 because no one really cares about the user experience like the minting situation if you are on mobile it probably is not going to work in 50% of the cases that's why i think it's 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 really important to to take that into account and really focus on how do we make it easier for people to enter how do we like simplify the, the current solutions. And I love the big vision of uh, blockchain and uh, the technology and, and w- how powerful it is, what it brings to the table. And I see a very bright future ahead. But I think we don't have the middle layer really figured out.
1: You are listening to One More Question, a podcast by the people of Work. One of the things we often catch ourselves saying is, can we ask you one more question? This podcast is all about sharing the best conversations we have had with significant builders, experts, and communicators. The people we encounter and work with as we go about helping you build brands people care about. Season four is based on our exploration of Web3, NFTs, and all things Metaverse. We're seeing an explosion of creativity and brands popping up all over this new space. Yet the rules seem to be different, and experimentation is not only expected, but welcome. Follow our conversations with the designers, the builders, and the visionaries shaping Web3 and the metaverse. I'm your host, Ross Drakes. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Lubo Smit. Lubo is the co-founder and CEO of STRV a boutique software design and engineering firm. He's a Czech Forbes 30 under 30 and an entrepreneur who is extremely passionate about cutting-edge technology and the latest trends. His main focus right now is on STRV Labs, a portfolio of products that STRV incubates and operates on its own. This all started with a duo of dating applications for the LGBT community, Cosmic Latte, an investment into a soccer mobile game live penalty, a breathwork application float, and now two projects in the Web3 space. One, an NFT game called Scavenger Land, and STRV's latest project is focused on the seamless entrance to the tokenized world for the end consumer. Lubo splits his time between Prague, where most of the STRV team is, and LA, where as he would put it, the most exciting things are happening. We talk about the gap between Web3 and Web2 and how we seem to have forgotten some of the hard-won lessons from the space. We talk about end-user experience and how it's vital to bring on the next wave of people into Web3. We also explore ownership, the opportunities for creatives and brands alike. Enjoy welcome to the podcast thank you very much for agreeing to join us
0: of course yeah thank you so much for for having me i'm excited uh for, for the chat and uh, really curious about you know all the questions that you might have
1: well i'm gonna after uh, i'm gonna start with my favorite thing that i wrote down in our pre-call is that you said that the bar for quality in web3 is really really low can you talk a little bit about (laughs) what you meant when you said that
0: and and i i I can actually update that and i can say that there is no bar of quality in (laughs) Web 3 whatsoever right now and i think we see it on you know uh projects that are getting a lot of traction for no reason just because of the hype uh and uh, a lot of people are buying into uh nfts or into different tokens uh with just the expectation to make great returns but they don't do any due diligence in terms of like who is behind it and uh how is it structured and so on and when i um told you last time that i feel the bar is very low i like for me it's like when I look at the, especially, like, I'm, I am I come from tech background, right? So when I look at the technological elements of uh, uh, those Web3 companies, and I'm, like, uh, saying majority, definitely not all of them, but majority of them, I feel like we are back to 90s, right? The, the websites <laughs> are, like, not mobile-optimized. They are, like, coded, uh extremely poorly and uh, to me it feels like you know someone who just learned uh, basic HTML yesterday went uh, and put up uh, this site and like I think like, it's, it's 2022 and uh, we have different expectations uh, from what, uh, what a website uh, should look like and how it should function and I think it only gives uh, the opportunity to you know people and uh, and companies that have the skill to uh, enter Web three and make a bigger impact, as as we see with uh, some of the uh, more prominent uh, projects that uh, that are making big waves because they they are building on a foundation from you know from before. Uh, and they know what it means to build a great tech product. They know what it means to really cultivate the engineering culture and uh, and everything. I think the, the the funny thing to to add to it is like that in the Web three space, there's just so much money that you know um, it's it's like a very easy to uh, very very easy way to fundraise. Uh, but people are not looking at what's what's on the background, who is behind it, who is going to build and deliver the product that they're claiming they have on the roadmap, uh, and so on. So I think that uh, just means that we are very early. Uh, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities. So uh, I definitely think that uh, the bar is uh, right now set very, very low, if if there is any bar at this point.
1: <laughs> I think it's also interesting that brands you're seeing people like Adidas and Puma starting to move into the space and they function at probably the highest levels of brand building consistently from digital to store to delivery. They they understand that flow and they've invested in it for decades. It's actually how they compete with each other the most. Um, I'm interested in how you see this kind of evolution because, like you said, we're in the hype phase. Uh, Everyone's just running around shouting NFTs uh, without any real understanding. How do you think (laughs) it will sort of evolve into brands and products that will live beyond this initial explosion?
0: Yeah, I think that like it's important for the companies to learn how to operate in the in the Web3 environment. And I think Adidas uh is, is a good example or Gucci. Uh they they have entered the space relatively early and I think it gives them a great opportunity to learn, to see what works, what doesn't work, and really feel it out uh to then figure out what's going to be uh, their course of action right how do they replicate their huge success from the fashion retail uh to uh something in the in the digital world uh or in the metaverse i think like it's it's a lot of trial and error at this point uh because simply we don't know uh there is not a proven path uh that we would say okay this is gonna work this is how it's gonna function you now uh you you um uh make this piece of clothing so you make the same uh for the metaverse this is gonna be the uh this is <laughs> this is gonna be the format and, and and off you go this is how you sell it. I think I think this is still evolving uh, very much. There is no uh, unified way uh, whatsoever in terms of uh, the digital assets, for example. Um, uh, So it's a wild west, but I think that the companies that are uh, diving in early are going to benefit in the long run because they are already acquiring experience. They are building their communities in Web3. And one thing that I would say to that is that what I see uh, very, very often that even like huge communities uh, that, that already existed uh, and uh, they have like hundreds of thousands of uh, users, subscribers, whatever it is, it is almost impossible to convert them into Web3 just because of the the clumsiness uh, of uh, the solution at this very point. So mm-hmm. if you have, uh, I have just heard it from my friend that launched uh, his NFT project recently, um, and uh, he has a, a subscriber list of tens of thousands of people, uh, and he has built a, a great community over the past decade, but he, it was extremely hard for him to, like, explain people what it really is and how to like, he literally had to like uh, um, like hold their hand with like setting up Coinbase account, MetaMask, telling them how to transfer. And like what, what he told me was the, the, the biggest bottleneck for everyone. You might think that it was like buying ETH or that uh, it was setting up MetaMask. It was actually the Discord. The Discord was the most confusing for for everyone, and uh, so I, I just wanted to to say that like it's it's really hard to uh, uh, transition, uh, and we can call it Web two communities into Web three communities, because mm. right now there's just a whole lot of obstacles, and I think that the, the companies and the brands that start with uh, this early. Uh, they will benefit tremendously because uh, uh, they will they will be ahead of the competition. And I I think if I can mention another example, uh, if we look at what uh, Gary Wintrach did with We Friends, I think majority of his effort uh, prior launching the NFT was educating his community in terms of what is an NFT, how do I mm. set up a MetaMask. Uh, how do I protect myself from scammers? And it was like the the majority of of, of his his time spent on like deeply educating uh, people about what's 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 coming. So uh, then they they bought into be friends, and of course, like today, it's a it's it's a big success. And they just threw the the biggest uh, NFT conference that happened today Uh, but uh, there's a lot of work behind it.
1: Mm. I think, you know, brands do need to step into that space of guiding people from, you know, web two to web three. Um, And I guess there's also a huge opportunity for the people that can sort of delete some of that clumsiness to remove some of the barriers. You can now buy... Uh, you know, a nifty gateway with a credit card. You don't need a wallet, and and it it sort of all happens magically in the background. And I think as those barriers sort of crumble, the audience expands uh, exponentially.
0: Yeah, I think like what what I often hear is like you know, not your seed phrase, not your crypto, or not your NFT, but. In order to be able to operate with your uh, seed phrase in a safe uh, way, it's a, comp- <laughs> it's a complex task. And uh, not everyone has time to be setting up their ledger and making sure that their backup is in a capsule. And then you put like the words into the capsule in a very precise order. And like... This all like is uh, relatively challenging technically, and I think like you know if you are like really into it, you'll do it. But for the majority of the people right now, there is just uh, not uh, uh, a fast way how to enter the the tokenized world, and uh, I think that there is a good attempt with doing the custodial wallets. I think it's a great shortcut. I have, like, I I think that custodial wallets are very much needed. And Mm. someone could think this is not, like, through Web3. But, like, we should look for what's the best user experience. Where is the convenience? And, um, like, I have spent uh, the past decade building mostly mobile and web applications, with uh, a deep focus on building the greatest user experience out there, right? And when I mentioned that there is no bar of quality uh, in Web3 because, like, no one really cares about the user experience. Like, the, the minting situation, if you are on mobile, it's it probably is not going to work in 50% of the cases. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, that's why I think it's, it's, it's really important to, to take that into account and really focus on how do we make it easier for people to enter? How do we like, simplify the, the current solutions? And I love the, the big vision of uh, uh, blockchain and, uh, and uh, the technology and, and how powerful it is, what it brings to the table. And I see a very bright future ahead, but I think we don't have the middle layer really figured out, so like I'm happy to wear my ledger uh with me and be the geek to pioneer uh through this space, but this is not gonna get a mass adoption that everybody would be like walking with with their uh ledger or treasure and uh uh, would be very carefully handling their seed phrase and, and everything. Um, I think that there is going to be a lot of uh, uh, what we can call middleware uh, that that will support that, right? That will, in a in a very safe and professional way, handle the security aspect of uh, blockchain mm-hmm. and of wallets, but will also bring what is very much needed, and that's the user friendliness to the products.
1: I mean, passwords have been around forever, and we had a hack recently in South Africa where one of the credit bureaus was hacked because the password was set as password one, two, three. So someone managed <laughs> to harvest the entire database, and how long have passwords been around for? A few decades. So I think it's unlikely people are going to catch on to much more technical and much more difficult experiences than that in the short term.
0: No, that 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 is true, and mm. I think that like there is like proven standards how to work with passwords and uh, what to use, what not to use. But the majority of these scams that you see they are it's it's just that either someone uh, sets a very simple password or they just write it down somewhere where it's easily accessible i think if if everybody would be following uh, a golden standard in terms of like how difficult you set uh, your password and uh like using the the keychain services uh, or password managers right because no one is able to uh remember like different passwords for every single account with certain complexity so but there is tools, right? there is authenticators that uh, then uh, add another layer on top of the password. So I think that yeah. the tools are there uh it's uh, uh I guess uh, it, it will require a little bit more education in terms of how to actually use it. And when we look at blockchain and seed phrases, it's at its inception. So um, like I think that there is uh, there is just a lot of uh, uh, education that, that needs to happen and uh, a lot of uh, new products that are going to make it easier to be built. Much better.
1: So you've been running STRV for a decade or more now. And have been building all of these mobile apps and websites, but you've also taken a stance to invest your own time and energy and effort into your own Web3 projects. Can you talk a bit about Scavenger Land and why, like what it is, and why you decided to actually own the product you're creating and not just build it for a client?
0: yeah i think uh, when i look at the uh, scaling STRE to the size where it's at today it's about 200 people uh and it's majority uh work that we do for our clients and it's uh it's a very tough business to run uh but it's highly rewarding uh you you get uh, to see your clients to succeed and uh um uh, we have had uh, many clients that reached great exits and it was a big uh, uh like I was very proud of of our work but ultimately uh at certain point you realize that, uh, that the uh amount of work that you have done and uh, for others uh reaches a certain point and then you you're feeling like okay I think it's it's uh, there is no reason to be expanding the company further because like what would be the point, right? Uh, in terms of consulting, um, it scales very linearly. So with more people on the team, you can do more projects. Uh, if you operate the company well, you can make more profit, hopefully. Uh, but you never see a bigger exposure to what are the capabilities and skills on your team. And we hmm. have always had an appetite to build our own products. Uh, but I have to say that it's extremely hard to balance out where to focus, right? Because if you are, on a, like if you are starting from scratch and uh, you wanna build your own product, you have no resources, you have no team. So you need to fundraise, you need to assemble the team. On the other hand, if you are going to work for clients and you have engineering background, then you probably will be able to deliver the first project yourself uh, or first couple of projects yourself. You will make a return on that. Maybe for the next project, you will be able to hire a a couple of other people to help you out. And the company Mm. naturally grows from there. So... The entrance into that path is way easier, and um, that's that's what we did. But we always wanted to have uh, our own products, and uh, the th- there's a tough decision uh, where to focus at what point. So, um, our one of the one of the first products that uh, we have put together on our own it was a, it was a dating app that. Uh, we would spend all of our money basically all of our resources and uh, uh we would like launch it to the app store and then we would uh, uh we would be having like really really high hopes that it will pick up but we have no experience with marketing or anything so when you when, <laughs> when you submit an app to the app store i can tell you what it does uh it most likely is not going to do anything <laughs> without you know having an adequate uh a marketing and distribution strategy. Uh, and that's what happened to us, but we were already like out of all of our resources. Uh, so we had to go pretty much back to consulting. Uh, and we have done these uh, switches between uh, focusing on consulting and focusing on, on our own products uh, a couple of times. But we have reached a point uh, in which the, the company uh, operates uh, relatively well on the consulting front. Uh, and uh, we uh, can generate uh, uh, relatively nice profitability that allows us to invest into our own projects. Um, and also I feel like having the team in-house uh, is so valuable because literally if we get an idea um, and we structure it well, we can start executing that idea in a very short time frame. Like we don't have like a, lead time when it comes to hiring the team or or anything like that and we have a process that that has proven over the past decade right so it's it's very efficient and and uh we can build great products that way and for us going to the direction of building our own products is like a way how we can uh uh seek some exponential growth of the company right because there's no point of building a, 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 an engineering factory and like we have 200 people today do i feel like i want to have 400 1000 no not really I, I actually very much like the size uh, i think i would only sacrifice the, uh, the size to get bigger if it's for our own products right if one yeah. of our products really blows up then uh, i would definitely uh, not mind uh, growing a, a lot a lot bigger but uh that's uh that's the thinking behind it. And you asked about Scavenger Land, it's our NFT game uh that we that we started in the fall last year. And uh, like we saw the we saw the rise of uh NFTs and uh what was happening. We actually had uh, uh an idea uh for a similar project uh, uh, back in, I believe, 2017, uh, it was uh, around the time when uh, CryptoKitties got, got really popular. But, uh, and we have applied to like Y Combinator and uh, we're pursuing that project passionately. But we were turned down and everybody said that it's never going to fly and uh, that it's bullshit. It was basically collectibles on blockchain, uh, mm-hmm. uh, something that, uh, you know, NBA Top Shots uh, is is, not, is is today. Um, it's a billion
1: dollar business. <laughs> it, it's
0: it's a massive business, and like we were onto something for sure. Uh, we just uh, uh, got influenced by the uh, uh, basically by the feedback of uh, investors and people that we talked to and uh, ultimately decided to focus on something else for the time being. Uh, But uh, that appetite to do something in Web3 with NFTs uh, was uh, still there. So that's uh, why scavenger land. And um, when I mentioned that there is a very low bar of quality in Web3, I was mostly talking about websites, but uh, let's talk about games. (laughs) And let's uh, talk about, you know, how uh, engaging the games are in the Web3 world. Because
1: uh, for they're me, they're They're all like uh, uh, those free games you get online uh, in, in terms of how much fun they are to play.
0: It's, it's uh, again, the same story like with the websites. The, the games that are in Web3 for the most part are either very, very basic... Or uh they like they don't focus enough on like having a great game uh gameplay experience. And that's that's why we figured like we are convinced that NFTs and games uh fit together very, very well and that's important for the gamers to have uh, uh a direct ownership in terms of like the assets in the game and uh uh, for even like the top players uh, being able to earn through the game, Uh these, these, these are great concepts, right? You can't really uh, create a, uh, a play-to-earn game where everybody uh, <laughs> everybody earns. Uh, that model does not work, uh, <laughs> and like I, I think I think that's that's what uh, pretty much is happening with with Axie. Uh, but, uh, like what we are after with Scavenger Land is, uh, building a a great game that will ultimately be loved by, by the gamers that will fully feature the the benefits of, uh, the NFT world where you can, uh, collect assets and, uh, trade them and, and, and monetize them if you wish. Uh but uh he- yeah heavily focused on uh uh the game experience uh, without the uh, fancy uh Ponzi schemes uh that uh, you know try to be uh implemented in, in in many of the the projects these days and we have to, we have just seen the the rise and fall of kapo
1: mm i think You've mentioned a couple of things that are there that are worth pointing out. The one is the you know you've mentioned experience again. I think anybody wanting to meaningfully enter the space needs to put that as one of the top things because once the hype dies, what's left is the experience that people are having with your your product or your game. And I think the other yeah. one that you alluded to was the the timeline. We find the timelines in the space are insane. Everyone is just like, it's going to be done in a month, two months, three months. From concept to being live, we're going to build this amazing thing. But if you look at electronic arts, it takes them... Wow two years, three years to build uh, a game from concept to delivery. And even then, sometimes they get it horrendously wrong on launch and it takes them another year to fix what they've created. I think uh, what I appreciate is how you seem to be happy to take your time and deliberate about creating an experience that people will enjoy and ultimately that will build the brand of scavenger land
0: yeah no that that is 100 percent right and like the fact is we are not building a triple a game uh you know uh and not not nothing like that but we still want this uh uh, to be a great experience for the users we want them to to enjoy it and uh, uh yeah we don't want to just uh, go ahead and uh, do a pre-sale, collect a lot of money then uh, hack something uh, together real quick uh and and i think what also um uh, like is something that that i'm i'm like relatively happy about is it. like we are in a down market right now uh when it comes to nfts and it's time to build uh mm. the hype is uh, you know uh kind of uh coming down and uh this is this is i think where the best products are going to be born because that like if there is no hype only the people that truly believe uh, uh, there is a potential, we'll stick around and we'll continue building. Uh, and uh, that that's why I feel it has a lot of potential. And then I, th- I think even like these downturns, they are very healthy because it filters out who are the people that are in it for just uh, a quick flip or who are the people that really want to build something for the long term.
1: Mm, I like that and and I think it is true uh, you mentioned earlier that you deployed apps onto the App Store and it didn't make you hundreds of millions of dollars just because it happened to be there and now I guess web 3, enables you to cut out somebody like Apple and directly speak to customers and directly sell to them. But that in itself represents a marketing brand building challenge, because those people are not just lining up outside your office door with Ethereum in hand, desperate to hand it to you. How how do you... Well, how have you gone about thinking about building the brand of Scamminger Land and resolving some of those issues of getting people to care about the, uh, the game and ultimately connect and buy-in?
0: Yeah, uh, no, most, most definitely and without the proper marketing and distribution, uh, it doesn't matter whether you are in the App Store or whether you have, uh, you have a web-based game. Uh I think that, you know, uh you need to work on the marketing strategy regardless. Uh and uh, that's definitely a, a major focus of ours. Uh I can I can say one thing at the very least, and that's we are not like we are a lot more passionate about attracting gamers uh that will love the game rather than attracting NFT collectors uh, and investors just to invest into the assets. Um, I think that there will always be a mix uh, of those, but uh, that's why we will much rather pursue the path of uh, building a gameplay demo to be able to Mm. showcase uh, uh, that to the gamers, uh, even with a trailer and, and everything to gauge the interest rather than dropping uh, a pre-sale of a token that can later be used in the game. Because like you can see those two approaches. And uh, the first one will attract the gamers, will build the community around like people that are passionate about the, the theme of the game, that are passionate about gaming overall, and so on. And we'll be able to work with their feedback and so on. Versus the second case, right? We would be attracting uh, primarily the people that are interested in collecting NFTs and uh, people that are looking at NFTs from the investment perspective. And I'm not saying we don't want these people, but we don't want to primarily go only after them because mm. we, we, we don't want to build a game that is going to suck <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, just, uh, and, and just make a big hype around it. Uh, because it features nfts and people are trading them right We want to make a game that uh, the gamers the gamers will really enjoy and uh, we want to fully leverage uh, the, the possibilities that uh, blockchain gives us.
1: No, I like to hear that. I think it's more of that traditional know who you're working for, know who you're building for uh, approach that comes out of more of a Web2 world. It's like, who is this thing for? Who is our audience? As opposed to being technology first, as in this has to be an NFT and then we'll kind of figure out who might like it and who might want to buy it.
0: Yeah, and I think that like oftentimes the Web three companies they are like uh, forced to feature the buzzwords, forced to feature the technology that is it's it's built on and uh, and all of that stuff, and they often don't realize that like okay, what's the point? What's the what's the value for the users and and uh, mm. and so on. So I think uh, like there will need to be a little shift to uh apply some of that mentality with uh with the projects that that are being built but I think that like it's it's heading that uh direction uh, I would I would just repeat myself that, to say that we are very early uh, and uh, there is yet uh, a, a lot a lot to be built uh and and that, that's something that I'm very excited about.
1: I mean, I enjoy, you know, you are a a group of coders and designers, but you also seem to be quite generous with what you've learned. I mean, if you go look at any of your presence on social media, you are running events all the time. You're talking (laughs) about it. So I think you are trying to... to evolve it so we don't have to say this is early you we are you're almost trying to level up web three and pull that experience from where you've come from into this new space because that's where the potential unlocks itself with this new idea of ownership and new ways of accessing assets and that's really exciting to me
0: yeah very much and i like I have always been passionate about building communities and uh, building communities in real life, uh, gathering people that are interested in similar topics. And when I realized what power it gives you in uh, the digital world, right, where you can align interests of certain communities in a very neat way, uh, and you have a you have a proof uh, of ownership, and it is very easily transferable. It just opened up my mind in terms of like what are the possibilities out there of what you can do with that. And uh, the, the the reason we are uh, doing all the events and and everything is that I would love more. I would love to uh help more people to realize that there is something on that approach and uh it can be applied to a lot of things uh to, to just make them better. Um and it's not about looking at NFTs as overpriced JPEGs. Of course like there is an art element uh that people value There is also a technological element that people can value, but uh, there is also the community element and uh, the uh, proof of ownership element in NFTs, and you can mix and match them, right? You can have an NFT that will feature greatest, but that will also unlock you a ton of utility in real life, for example, Mm. or that will give you access to a certain community uh, of people, and you can mix and match. And I think what I would love people to realize that you know, NFTs are not just uh, about the visuals. It's a whole slew of things that that, that you can apply them to, and uh, that's also another reason why I uh, would like to be contributing with a little bit of evangelism in that sense.
1: That's such a nice note to end the interview on. I mean, Luba, thank you so much for what you've already put into this uh, space and the products you're building. Um, it, it was great talking to you and I like hearing that there are people who are championing uh, a better experience in this because I think it will make it more exciting and unlock the the next layers of what this technology can ultimately do for for us and and the people creating in it so thank you so much for your time
0: of course yeah it was a pleasure uh, chatting with you uh, and thank you so much for for the invitation
1: All right and well, I think with that we'll catch you in the next one bye bye for listening we believe sharing knowledge is an obligation so if you know someone who's building a brand or need some inspiration for their brand please share this with them this is our fourth season and we'd be grateful if you'd hit that subscribe button so you're the first to know when a new episode is released even better leave a review and tell the world how much you enjoyed listening one more question is brought to you by the people of nice work We're on a mission to build purposeful Web3 brands that people care about. We're based in South Africa and serve the leaders of brave companies around the world. If you'd like to know more, work with us, or make a suggestion, please reach out at www.nicework.co.za. Bye-bye.